3: Yeah, it's the Mark Levin Show. God, I love Mark Levin. I, I say this all the time whenever I get the opportunity to sit in for Mark Levin here. I'm Larry O'Connor from WMAL Radio in Washington, D.C. I'm Mark Levin's morning host. He he, he wakes up to me. Well, and, well, more importantly, Julie Levin wakes up to me. And uh, and so I am the Levin's morning show host in the Washington, D.C. area. And I always say exactly what you're thinking right now. I love the Mark Levin show. The worst thing about filling in for him is that I don't get to hear Mark Levin tonight either. All right. So so we're suffering together, you and I. But I assure you, you're going to be satisfied with three hours of uh, fabulous, fantastic and fiery. Commentary on what's going on in this country that we need to work hard to save. Now, part of saving this country is tuning in to these three hours on your favorite talk radio station. Another part is making sure that you tune in to see Life, Liberty, and Levin, the best show on that Fox News network this Sunday. On Life, Liberty, and Levin at 8 p.m. Eastern, you're going to see Mark exclusively with Ben Dominich and Richard Kemp. Both these guys are great. Ben's a personal friend. He's so smart. Great guy. In fact, it's funny. I'm actually going to be over at Ben's house Sunday afternoon um, hanging out with him. My wife Meredith and I will be there with him and his wife Megan. And so it's kind of funny that he'll be on Life, Liberty, and Levin right after that. So uh, make sure you tune in this Sunday at 8 p.m. Listen, tonight, uh, over the course of the next three hours, we're going to talk about the president and and what him having COVID means. When Biden gets COVID, listen, I wish him well. I don't want him to get sick. Uh, but, but really, the big issue is not whether COVID's, um, whether, whether Biden's going to suffer from COVID when he gets better, whether that, uh, you know, fine. We all have to. Who Who here has not had to deal with that in their life, either personally or with somebody in their life? We've all been through it at this point so many of us have that's not the important thing the important thing is what does this represent the fact that twice vaccinated twice boosted double masked the most watched human being on the planet the most protected and monitored human being on the planet got covid what should that mean for our public policy here in this country I want to get into that we're also going to talk about this this contraception vote that happened this week and frankly, how many Republican politicians and and right of center cable news pundits are absolutely screwing up the way to address this issue. This is pure raw BS politics. And I and I see some of my friends going on cable news saying, Well, you know, it's really about a fertilized egg and when it implants into a uterine wall and it's really that's like, no, no. Don't even don't even begin to have that conversation. You've already stepped in the trap. It's a political trap. And and we're going to get into that. We might even talk about the fairy godmother at Disney World. Uh, Yeah, that's right. You heard me. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about. But as usual, in true Mark Levin fashion, we got to hit the top story that's that's driving all of the conversations right now in this country, or at least in Washington, D.C. And I do make that distinction because this is a story that matters quite a bit to uh, certain parts of Washington, D.C. and certain parts of the cable news and broadcast news commentariat. And that is the conviction of one Steve Bannon on contempt of Congress charges. Now... I am going to dive right into that. I I, I got to tell you something. For those of you who uh, have never uh, listened to me before, either filling in for Mark Levin or listening to me when I've uh, been uh, live in Los Angeles or in Washington, D.C. Or, or what have you over the last 10 years, I'm, I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. I'm a, I, Listen, I am fired up and I am passionate about the things that are uh, destroying our country. I'm passionate and fired up. I'm a Reagan Republican. I'm... I'm pretty rock solid in my conservative principles, culturally, politically, economically, national security-wise. But I approach things in a pretty happy way. I I feel like if we're not laughing and smiling about our life every day, then, then we've lost the battle. Even when things are bad, don't get me wrong, I'm passionate, I get fired up, but I always try to do it from a perspective of positive outlook. I'm a happy guy, okay? I hate getting behind the microphone, especially a mighty microphone like Mark Levin's and begin having a conversation with you from a position of anger, from a position of, frankly, hostility. But that's what I'm feeling right now, because this is a travesty. This is an absolute travesty, and it undermines—listen, this is not even about Steve Bannon. It's not about Donald Trump. It's not about Liz Cheney. This is about fundamental values in this nation that we all must bond around— Whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, a Socialist, a Marxist, a Conservative, um, a MAGA hat wearing, liberty-loving American, it doesn't matter. There are some fundamentals that we all have to agree on. And one of the most fundamental principles of our nation since its founding has been equality in the face of justice. That we have one justice system, that justice system is blind, and we are all treated equally this is not even necessarily an american value this is a a western democracy value a western culture value it goes to the magna Carta. Uh, dare i say this is actually hell this is a a millennia old judeo-christian value you read leviticus <laughs> you read numbers you read the ancient texts of the Judeo-Christian faith, and you will hear an emphasis on fairness under the law. If, 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 you, if you lie about somebody, it, it, you will be punished just as bad as the crime you accused them of. It, if, and, and judges and, and kings and prophets and the community are, are commanded by God. In the Old Testament, in the Torah, they are commanded to look at a rich person and a poor person with the exact same set of eyes through the same fair lens. Yes, it has been perfected through the centuries, and and much of that perfection came from Western civilization, the, the British Parliament and and. System of government and jurisprudence, and certainly was perfected here in the United States of America. But one thing has maintained: we have always striven for it was we have we strive for this perfection, and that is no matter who you are, no matter what your background, no matter what your political affiliation, no matter what your sex, no matter what your color, no matter what your faith. When you step into a courtroom, you will be judged fairly, and the same way. That somebody else that might step into the courtroom with the same charges will be judged can anyone can anyone say with a straight face that steve bannon today i don't care what you think about that in a few moments i'll tell you what i think about steve bannon can anyone say that steve bannon faced a fair and and non-prejudiced judicial system in america Today, this week, when he got convicted of of contempt of Congress, I mean, there are so many reasons why this is a completely outrageous decision by this jury. And listen, I know, I know, everybody's like, well. They, listen, he had it. He got subpoenaed. He refused the subpoena and that the law is the law and he didn't have executive privilege and so the law's law. oh i get that i get that the law is the law absolutely you're right the law is the law what about eric holder when he was charged with contempt of congress but what about hillary clinton when she broke the law on uh, multiple times with regard to the possession of top secret and classified emails and then lied about it to the justice department but what i'm sorry what about hunter biden who still hasn't forget about forget about making a conviction or getting into a courtroom. The man's never even been arrested. How much evidence do you need that this man has violated the law? I could go on and on. This is not about the law. This is about how the law is applied and not applied. And it seems to me that it's applied or not applied based on political affiliation. And that's not justice. It's something else. And this is where my ethical dilemma comes in, because here's the thing. You know, in Washington, D.C., when it comes to crimes and the judicial system and convictions and charges and scandals, uh, basically everybody changes their opinion about how the law should be applied based on what their political affiliation is. We see this all the time. All the stuff that they, you know, get angry about. Uh, with Donald Trump, they absolutely excuse. with Joe Biden. Everything they hated about George Bush and Dick Cheney, they loved about Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. That's what happens, right? And if you have a political enemy and they get caught up in a scandal and they get, you know, in this case with Steve Bannon, he gets thrown in jail, you're seeing people celebrate right now. You're seeing people celebrate all over the place. It's like he's Bannon's been convicted, Bannon's been convicted without ever actually focusing on... On, on whether this is fair or not, whether this is judicious or not. And, and that brings me to my revelation here. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, um, I know Steve Bannon. I've worked with Steve Bannon. I first started about 12 years ago working for Andrew Breitbart in, in the very early days of the Breitbart websites. And he hired me, and I worked with Andrew right up until literally the day of his untimely tragic death 10 years ago this past March. Uh, and then if you know your history with the Breitbart websites and Breitbart News, uh, Steve Bannon, who had been a board member, and, and we knew Steve and he was around and everything. Um, he was pretty quickly named as the new executive director or executive chairman of uh, Breitbart News. And uh, so I worked with him for quite some time. And let me just say, well before Steve batted. Uh, joined the Trump campaign and became a member of the Trump administration and became a a headline maker in his own right, well before all of that. I despised Steve Bannon. I'm not telling any stories out of school, all right? Anyone who knows me, anybody who's listened to me, and again, this this predates Trump by about five or six years, okay? I hate Steve Bannon. I don't like Steve Bannon at all. I've got a hundred reasons... Why I should be celebrating today that Steve Bannon is feeling some sort of of a pain or discomfort in his life. And I know it's it's not my better angels and it's not the Christian way to approach these things, but none of us are perfect. I recognize it's a sin, but at the same time, sure, the instinct is to feel satisfaction. So so shoot this through the lens of somebody who knows Steve Bannon very well and moved heaven and earth... To never have to deal with Steve Bannon personally or professionally ever again for the rest of my life. Because I did when I extricated myself from the Breitbart uh, network. Uh, I don't like him. Never want to talk to him. Will be happy never to have to see him again in my life. And guess what? This conviction is complete and total crap. And everybody knows it. Everybody. Everybody. And here's the thing this is all shot through the prism of january 6th this is all shot through the prism of the anger that we saw erupt that day when after decades of democrats challenging elections the one time a republican president challenged the outcome of an election and by the way that election was the most extraordinary most outrageous most unprecedented election that we have ever had in our history, where basic understandings of ballot security and voter integrity were chucked out the window, all in the name of COVID-19 and social distancing. But we had this perfect storm of, of, of election shenanigans on the face of it. And, and in that one instance, we had a Republican president who dared to say hold on a minute this doesn't smell right the after decades of democrats challenging the results of an election and saying that it was rigged and saying that it was a fraud, and saying that it was tampered with by the Russians and saying that the the computers down in Florida and in Ohio with Diebold had changed votes from Kerry to Bush and that hanging chads really gave us the true winner in Florida and decades of that after a summer of seeing cities being burned down and stores looted and people losing their lives in the name of political violence and Antifa and Black Lives Matter, it all bubbled up and boiled over on January 6th and horrible, really bad things happened in the Capitol. But when you see that that happened and you see the anger and you see the frustration after everything that we had been through, you, you have to stop for a moment and recognize, okay, I get it. I see why people are this pissed off. I see why it reached a point where they even did this extraordinary, horrible, inexcusable thing on January 6th. And then what's the remedy? What's the result? How are we moving forward to sort of address the concerns that people might have in this country? We have a kangaroo committee with only one political party represented giving you a stalin-esque truth commission in prime time literally produced by an abc news president for everyone to see called the january 6th commission and when one guy decided that he wasn't going to participate in it he gets thrown in jail gets his gets his day in court has a jury convict him and he's thrown in jail when no one else would have been convicted for contempt of congress forget about the fact that it's not even a legitimate committee Nobody else would get convicted or has been convicted of con- con- contempt of Congress. And, and he is. It displays the two tiers of justice that we have in this country and frankly only adds fuel to the fire of people who were pissed off on January 6th and continue to be pissed off. They think this is fixing something. This They think this is bringing justice and fairness. This is making matters worse. And it's going to get worse. Unless we do something about it. Peacefully and logically. And we'll get to that in a moment. Are you ready? Are you with me? Are we rolling along here? I'm rolling. Let's go. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. Mark Levin.
0: Folks, would you turn down millions of dollars a year? All you'd have to do is surrender your independence and abandon your principles for the money. That's a devil's bargain. Sadly, it's one that almost all American colleges and universities make. But there's one college in America saying no. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College refuses to accept one penny of taxpayer money, not even indirectly in the form of federal student grants and loans. By saying no to government money, Hillsdale remains genuinely independent, free from corrupting federal mandates, and most importantly, free to pursue its original 1844 mission. Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty. In addition, over 3 million citizens have enrolled in Hillsdale's free online courses. And over 6 million American households, including mine, receive Hillsdale's free monthly publication in Primus. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com.
3: Got her in for Mark Levin here. We ha- we had to test the levels there because when we first uh, got ready to do the show, I wasn't yelling. <laughs> I don't usually yell, but I'm angry. You should be angry too. I, I don't care how you feel about Steve Bannon. Honestly, I didn't, no one's no one's going to dislike Steve Bannon more than I am, and I, and I and I and I disliked Steve Bannon before it was cool, and literally it has nothing to do with his politics. It has to do with uh, my personal relationship with him from years ago. But this is a travesty. It absolutely is a travesty. 877 381 3811. Love to hear your reaction to this as well. Um, but, but honestly, we can get angry and we can shout, but then ultimately, all of this has a, an end game. This is about what do we do about it? Right? Ultimately, this is what do we do? Uh, back in 2012, you remember the Fast and Furious scandal? This is when the Obama administration actually ran guns with drug cartels, American guns, across the border. They lost track of them. They got picked up by drug cartels, and then they were used in violent murders on both sides of the border, including the murder of a Border Patrol agent, Brian Terry. There was a congressional investigation. Eric Holder and the Justice Department were subpoenaed to turn over documents. This is about the death and murder of a Border Patrol agent. Eric Holder refused to turn over documents, claiming privilege. He was held in contempt. The vote was uh, to hold him in contempt of uh, Congress, 255 to 67. 17 Democrats voted with Republicans back in 2012 to hold Eric Holder in contempt. Eric Holder was never even arrested, let alone had a day in court. I someone tell me how this isn't a travesty someone tell me how this miscarriage of justice and the ongoing demonstration that there are two tiers of justice in this country that is linked to your political priorities you tell me how that doesn't actually make things like January 6th happen again Larry O'Connor
0: in for Mark Levin your call's next Folks, would you turn down millions of dollars a year? All you'd have to do is surrender your independence and abandon your principles for the money. That's a devil's bargain. Sadly, it's one that almost all American colleges and universities make. But there's one college in America saying no. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College refuses to accept one penny of taxpayer money, not even indirectly in the form of federal student grants and loans. By saying no to government money, Hillsdale remains genuinely independent, free from corrupting federal mandates, and most importantly, free to pursue its original 1844 mission, pursuing truth and defending liberty. In addition, over three million citizens have enrolled in Hillsdale's free online courses, and over six million American households, including mine, receive Hillsdale's free monthly publication of Primus. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, and its national outreach programs at L E V I N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the
1: cure for the common liberal. Talk to Mark
3: now at 877-381-3811. Is, is it me or did he just say Mark Levin right when all of us were saying my Sharona in our heads? That is good timing on that. Love it. Larry O'Connor filling in for Mark Levin here. And uh, I want to pick up where I left off there on this Steve Bannon thing. Let, let, me, let me just put it more in context and then we'll we'll jump to your calls here. Uh Lottie, all you want to jump in at 877 381 Three eight one one. Yesterday, while campaigning for governor in New York, Congressman Lee Zeldin, a Republican was doing a campaign stop in upstate New York. Uh, some maniac jumped up on the stage. He had like a self-defense. It almost looks like a, well, it's in the shape of a cat's head. I'm sure you've seen this by now, right? It's almost like a brass knuckles thing where the, the eyes of the cat, you can stick your fingers in and you can punch somebody with it. And in the in the ears of the cat at the top of his head are these, you know, sharp, pointy sort of uh, metal knife-like things. Cause caused some real damage. He had this, and as Lee Zeldin said, the guy who was attacked, the congressman who's running for governor, he said that he was trying to cut him. With these, uh, with this weapon, and uh, he said to him, uh, "You're done." Just kind of threatening, kind of, kind of a problem, I would think. He jumped up on stage. He attacked a sitting congressman and a candidate for governor in the middle of an event. It's caught on video everywhere. He was immediately arrested. He was charged with second degree physical assault, and he was immediately released on his own reconnaissance. without any cash bail. Let me repeat that: <laughs> the man physically assaulted a sitting congressman and candidate for governor in New York in front of hundreds of witnesses caught on video with a weapon. He was arrested, charged with a felony assault and he was immediately let out on cashless bail because that's the law in the state of New York. Now, first of all, if I'm Lee Zeldin, I basically just tell every voter in New York exactly what I just told you. And I mean, that's that tells you more than anything else you can say about why you need a new governor in New York. But secondly, juxtapose that. Juxtapose how criminal justice is being meted out in the state of New York with a guy who was just caught on camera assaulting a sitting congressman with a weapon, and he's walking free today, versus what happened to to Steve Bannon, who's, who's who's a harmless pundit and political commentator. And, and, and how he how he was arrested, how he immediately went to trial, how he wasn't even allowed to make the defense that he wanted to make. And now he got his conviction. Forget that. Look in New York about how the bodega owner who was defending himself from attack and stabbed his assailant. He was arrested and faced murder charges. There is something broken in this country. And it's sadly in the third branch of government that, that we don't spend nearly enough focusing on the judicial branch. And it's this discordant way people are treated in this nation. The way justice is not blind. The way justice is not delivered fairly. And I'll use one of their favorite words, equitably. That's what makes people angry. That's what makes people frustrated. And when that kind of asinine approach to fairness and legality and precedence and and basic norms in our society infect our election process, that's how you get a January 6th. And I've got news for you. It's how you get a Donald Trump to run and win the presidency, which is, I'm told, the thing that they fear the most. And yet they continue to walk down the path of, of denigrating us, dismissing us, degrading us, and even arresting and convicting us. And you think that's somehow going to resolve this? You think setting up a committee? Have you watched any of these January 6th committee hearings? It is bizarre. And, And it's not just because it's full of lies and distortions and selectively edited video and audio. And please, I work in the media. I know how to selectively edit if you want to. And that's what they're doing. And it's a made-for-television show. And, it's, and, and, and and you keep asking yourself, what's the point here? And the point is, it's, it's a political production. It's political theater to make Donald Trump look bad, if not bad, but dangerous. So bad and so dangerous that he needs to be stopped and, and should not be allowed to run for president again. That's what they're aiming for. 14th Amendment coming out of the Civil War had language that says if you ever raised up arms in an insurrection against the United States government, you cannot run for office. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to reach some conclusion that then triggers the 14th Amendment, which will, of course, be fought in court. And but, but by the time it's resolved, then they'll lose. It'll be too late for Trump to run if they're trying to keep him off ballots or he'll be on in some states and he won't be on it. It's a mess. They're trying to create even more of a constitutional mess than we've already got. And they think that this is going to make people calm down and go back to the norms they claim they love and embrace. But if you watch these committee hearings, there's something more than just that, more than the agenda and more than the television production and more than the the selective editing. There's something else that is so off putting and so bizarre if you actually sit and watch it. And that is the fact that it is monolithic. It is one voice. One voice one perspective, one agenda. We here in this country, when we look at a, a political hearing like this or a political investigation, if if we look at a trial, whether whether you're in small claims court or whether you're up for a felony, if you watch television and watch Law & Order, every time we see a legal process in this country play out, whether it's in a courtroom or whether it's in a committee room for the government, whether it was the Watergate hearings or the Benghazi hearings, the 9-11 investigation hearings, all the way up and down the line, the impeachment hearings, you always, no matter matter what kind of slam-dunk issue it is, whether it's a hearing on January 6th or whether it's a hearing on environmental protection protocols, there's always two sides to the story you may not like one side you may not even believe one side you may think this one side is complete and oftentimes one side is completely full of crap but you get to hear it and you watch this thing and it is terrifying frankly when you see that it's being done in in the hallowed Halls of the United States House of Representatives with the American flag and in God we trust emblazoned across the wall. And you are hearing one narrative, one message singing from one songbook where everyone is saying the same scripted lines for the same end results that they have already predetermined. And there's not one person sitting on that committee that turns to the witness and says, okay, I heard your testimony, but but let me challenge you on this. Never! you hear people calling it a stalinist show trial that's why they call it a stalinist show trial because under stalin when they had show trials this is what it was like and and if you're not terrified about that and frankly angry i don't know what to tell you this is a, if if the lesson here is this is how we have to play when we're in power uh, i got to tell you something i your socialist friends are not going to like it even though they invented these kind of proceedings. But that's where we are. And everything they say they hate and they loathe is exactly what they're creating and and, and engendering even further. And it's got to stop. All right, your turn. Let's go. Kathy, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Oh, man. You used to love that town, and now you're linked with The Office and Joe Biden. Good God, Kathy, it's time to move.
1: Hi. I I want to say this reminds me of George Orwell's animal farm. Mm -hmm. Some animals are more uh, equal than others. And I feel that there's a two-tiered system against the Republicans. And it's not fair. I think Steve Bannon's standing on his rights. He doesn't have to tell lies to appease them. He wants to tell the truth. So how can he, when he got a show trial kangaroo court the 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 decision is already made it's already a decided decision that uh trump is guilty everybody yeah. that's to deal with trump is guilty and they're going to put him in jail just because they can
3: thank you kathy i'm glad i'm not the only one sitting here looking at it i appreciate you're right to focus on orwell there it's a combination of animal farm, animal farm in 1984 yeah all animals are created equal but some animals are more equal than others thank you kathy for the call there in Scranton, um, yeah, it's funny. You know, uh, Kathy just said something really interesting. They've already decided Trump is guilty, and and of course they have. But but here's the question that you got to ask: that. guilty of what? I, I'm being completely serious. What exactly is the charge? What what did Donald Trump do? They've had this committee going on now for how many months? They have had testimony behind closed doors and now in public in these, you know, made-for-television events. And have you noticed that not one of these people, from, from Liz Cheney to Benny Thompson, who lied yesterday in his opening remarks, uh, to Adam Schiff, to Jamie Raskin, any of them, I, I, they all do these shows. They always do these Sunday shows, which is just so boring at this point, and cable news shows. They go on with Jake Tapper. They go on with whoever will have them. And at no, at no point are they saying, OK, can we just cut to it here? Because you've seen all that. Can you Can you tell me what the crime is? What is the crime? In fact, the chairman of this committee, Benny Thompson, has even said about like a month and a half ago, he said, oh, yeah, no, we're not going to be refer- referring any criminal charges to the Justice Department. We that's not the purpose of this. But, so, yes, they have, they have already determined that Trump is guilty, but they can't even tell you what the charge is and what the crime is. Show me the man. I'll show you the crime. David in Chicago. Well, you know about miscarriages of justice in Chicago. David, you guys almost invented it. You're next up on the Mark Levin Show.
4: Hi, you're doing a great job for the great one. Um, you know, this is all political revenge to to eliminate their opponent that they can't legally beat in our next election. Well this committee does not elect our next president of the United States. We the people do. You know, and this, this and I'm not I'm not a fan of Steve Bannon's. You know, I don't I don't watch his show, you know, I'm not a fan of his. But he what exactly what did President Trump do that like yeah. you said, what 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 exactly did President we, Trump do?
3: Where it should be the easy enough. You know, when we had the Benghazi hearings, we could say here here are the crimes that were committed, right? When we had we, when we had the hearings about Hillary Clinton's emails, we said, Okay, here here's the law. It looks like she broke it, let's investigate it. No one's able to tell me what crime was committed here by President Trump.
4: Well, I believe that January sixth was planned in stage for one reason to politically attack their opponent that they yeah. can't beat they
3: can't legally beat yeah I, I, I don't opinion. listen i don't know that i don't have any evidence to suggest it um but i but i do know that they're using it for that purpose that's for sure david and i appreciate the call thanks for the kind words too by the way uh when you're sitting in for someone as great as the great one it's always nice to hear that you're uh, you're not breaking the show uh i'm Larry. i got more of your calls and also i want to talk a little bit more about how they're actually emboldening trump they they say they hate trump They say that he's too dangerous to be president again. They say that he's the closest thing to a fascist dictator that we've ever had. And yet they, the left, the socialist Democrats, the party, the media and the never Trump Republicans, they are actually making Trump stronger than they than he was before. They're actually making the case and helping Trump make the case for his bid for president, or at least for the Republican nomination, in '24, And I'll explain that in a couple of other calls from you in a moment. It's Larry O'Connor, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark
0: Levin. Folks, would you turn down millions of dollars a year? All you'd have to do is surrender your independence and abandon your principles for the money. That's a devil's bargain. Sadly, it's one that almost all American colleges and universities make. But there's one college in America saying no. My favorite college, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College refuses to accept one penny of taxpayer money, not even indirectly in the form of federal student grants and loans. By saying no to government money, Hillsdale remains genuinely independent, free from corrupting federal mandates, and most importantly, free to pursue its original 1844 mission, pursuing truth and defending liberty. In addition, over 3 million citizens have enrolled in Hillsdale's free online courses. And over 6 million American households, including mine, receive Hillsdale's free monthly publication in Primus. You can learn more about Hillsdale's independence from government, its mission of defending liberty, and its national outreach programs at levinforhillsdale.com.
3: I don't quite understand. They, they, they say they hate Trump, but they keep empowering him. And let me explain. If you if you watch the primaries this year, the media has covered this in a really strange way. I've never seen the media cover a primary uh, season like they have here. Here's just a sample of headlines um, here. The uh, New York Times, Trump endorsement record midway through primary season. Uh, the Hill, seven endorsements that will test Trump's influence. Axios, charted Trump's endorsement success rate. Washington Times, Trump backed candidates run strong in primaries. Uh, uh, public radio in St. Louis, Trump's endorsement will be tested again in Illinois. Do you notice that? Do you notice who's not mentioned in any of these headlines? The actual candidates. That are running and that Trump is not on the ticket. Trump is not running. But the media and the Democrats, they're are Every narrative is about whether the candidate who Trump endorsed won or lost. And guess what? I hate to break it to you, but uh, more of them have won than lost. In fact, it's quite stunning right now in Maryland. uh, No one expected it. uh, For those of you who don't know, uh, Larry Hogan is a Republican, hates Trump total never Trumper, uh, not a great Republican, frankly. He was only a good governor. I live in Maryland. He's only a good governor because he vetoed some things that came out of the Democrat-controlled uh, state legislature. But beyond that, he hasn't done much to help. You, you can't name me one Republican in Maryland that has won a political race because Larry Hogan endorsed them or because Larry Hogan actually helped them and used his political power and his public profile to actually you know, uh, help. And, and that includes his candidate, Kelly Schultz, I don't even remember Larry Hogan campaigning with Kelly Schultz. A week before the election, he was up in New Hampshire instead of campaigning with his chosen successor. So Kelly Schultz loses to Dan Cox, who was a very pro-Trump state delegate in Maryland. Uh, she lost by like 16, 17 points. What is even close. And all the headlines were Trump candidate, Trump candidate, Trump candidate Dan Cox, Trump candidate Dan Cox. It, here's the thing. All that does is make Trump look bigger. All that does is give Trump more power. Going after Bannon the way they have actually rallies Trump voters. The January 6th hearings, it's supposed to shame us. It's supposed to make us feel bad. It's it's supposed to make us feel guilty. It's supposed to make us apologize. In In the words of my late great friend and mentor, Andrew Breitbart, apologize for what? For supporting a politician you don't like. That's really what it comes down to, supporting a politician who actually did what he said he was going to do when he got elected, supporting a politician who strikes fear into the establishment of both parties and even worse, the non-elected establishment in this town, Washington, D.C. Everyone says, oh, he scares establishment Republicans, he scares establishment. No, he scares the political Permanent political class and permanent government establishment that never even goes through the motions of running for office. They get their power the old fashioned way without getting their hands dirty trying to get votes. They're in this town and Donald Trump scared the hell out of them. And we're supposed to apologize for daring to support somebody that they didn't approve of them. These people the people who thought John Edwards would be a great vice president? I don't know why I just grabbed John Edwards out. it. He's just the, the worst one I could think of right now. The people who thought Hillary Clinton would be a good president. The, those people. No, those are the people you want to piss off. If you're pissing off the people who thought Hillary Clinton was the best choice, you're pissing off the right people. And now Trump, because all they're doing is saying, oh, Trump's endorsements, Trump's endorsement, Trump candidate, Trump candidate. Let me tell you something. I don't care how 2022 goes down. The Republicans are going to win majorities, okay? And Trump's candidates are going to do just fine. They're going to do great. But no matter what, Trump can now go to every single state in this country and almost every single precinct and say, look at what my candidate did. He won the nomination because of me. Don't believe me? Look at The New York Times. That's a pretty good case to the grassroots party members that he should be the nominee in 24. And it's because of the left. It's because of the Democrats. It's because of the media. They don't hate him. They need him. They love him.
0: This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening. And thank you so much for this sponsorship. Pure Talk.
1: He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
3: Yeah, he's my leader too, Mark Levin is. Love that man. Love his show. It's great to fill in for Mark Levin. I'm Larry O'Connor. From WMAL Radio in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, we uh, I host America's Morning Show every single day from 5 to 9 a.m. here in the nation's capital, Connor & Company, with my co-host Patrice Anwuka and Julie Gunlock and a host of others. We, we love doing that show, and we love waking up the greater Washington area in every sense of the word, waking them up out of bed and waking them up out of their, uh, their, their political coma. It's always a pleasure to fill in for Mark Levin. The only downside is I don't get to listen to him. But uh, you and I will suffer together that way. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Could you please do me a favor? Uh, Could you please watch the incredible Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday? It's the best show on Fox News Channel, bar none, across the board. A lot of people, a lot of friends of mine who do shows over there. I'm sorry. Life, Liberty, and Levin is the gold standard. And uh, this Sunday at 8 p.m., you're going to see uh, Mark interview in his incredible style, Ben Dominich and Richard Kemp. Good show. 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. And and actually, if I can, because, listen, I have a great and wonderful and huge audience in Washington, D.C. on WMAL. But um, it's very rare that you get the nationwide coast-to-coast Mark Levin Show audience, as I have right now. And I, and I love you guys. I'm one of you. I'm a, I'm a Mark Levin fan, fanatic as well. So I, w- I want to take this great opportunity to uh, share some news with you. Uh, I am I am announcing today that I'm creating a partnership with a brand-new cable network, Salem News Channel. It's owned by Salem Media. In fact, all of you in Los Angeles listening on the mighty KRLA right now is listening on Salem Radio. And I know there's other Salem stations that have Mark Levin across the country. They're a great group. They're starting a new cable news channel. And a lifelong dream of mine is about to come true. Uh, starting in uh, on October 1st, we'll be launching a brand-new primetime show at 9 p.m. called O'Connor tonight. I'm still doing my morning show in Washington, D.C. Don't worry about it. I'll still be on WMAL every single day for four hours. Uh, But uh, I will be launching this show at that time. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to do it. And it's going to be a a, a wonderful thing. So I hope that you all get get that app right now, Salem News Channel. It's on Roku, Amazon Prime, Apple TV. Uh, You can get it on your phone. You can get it on your tablet. You can get it on your computer. Get it on the browser. They've already started launching some programming. And I'll be joining the team on October 1st, and I can't wait, and I would be honored and privileged if you could uh, follow me on social media and follow me there. Again, my name's Larry O'Connor, sitting in for Mark Levin tonight, and uh, and I've been dying to tell you that news, because it's been in the works for a while, and I have not told anyone. So you, the Mark Levin Show audience, you're the first ones to hear it, uh, even before it's a 1,000% official, but it's 999 percent official right now i want to talk listen we just spent a lot of time bashing the left and bashing democrats and bashing uh never trumpers and 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 we should god knows that's our, our birthright and frankly if we don't bash them who are we bashing around here right but can i take a moment please to to criticize my fellow republicans for a moment mostly my fellow republicans who are either office holders in washington right now or pundits cable news opinion givers And what have you, because one of the most despicable, dirty, shameless, offensive political maneuvers took place this week. It was engineered by, well, the only person who could do something as despicable as what I just described. That would be Nancy Pelosi. Uh, They put forth a bill in the House of Representatives that ostensibly we're told was supposed to secure the constitutional right to contraception. You saw these headlines, right? You saw the headlines. Oh, uh, House codifies contraception and birth control. Most Republicans vote against it. 195 Republicans vote against legalizing contraception. You saw those headlines, right? Listen, if you saw those headlines... It's because Nancy Pelosi wanted you to see those headlines. And, and I'm sorry that I have to sort of give a basic political lesson to people who are currently sitting in Congress and in the Senate right now and are elected office holders. I'm sorry that I have to give a lesson to people who were paid to go on television and give their opinion about politics. But my God, if you didn't see this as the blatant, obvious political trap that nancy pelosi and the democrats had to lay out for you i i can't help you the democrats are going to get slaughtered this november the only question is by how many seats in the house all right what, what are they going to run on the economy they're going to run on on inflation are they going to run on gas prices. They're going to run on the border. Are they going to run on the Afghanistan withdrawal? They're going to run on national security. Are they going to run on Russia and Ukraine? Are they going to run on on oil production? Are they going to run on education? Are they going to run on their great job handling the COVID crisis? I, mean, I could go on and on. They got nothing. They've got absolutely nothing to run on. Everything they have touched has turned to a pile of dung. And they know that. They're not stupid. So here they are. They're finishing up the primaries. It's middle of July. They've got a few months to go. They they need to change the subject. So what what are they going to do? Republicans don't want you to have contraception. Republicans are against birth control. Let's have a vote on birth control. Let's make sure that birth control is legal. Uh, I thought birth control was legal. We got to vote on it anyway. Uh, Wait a minute. Didn't didn't y'all pass Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, like 10 years ago? Remember, it was a BFD, if I remember what then Vice President Biden said on a hot mic. Uh, Didn't Obamacare basically give people birth control? In fact, they're all paying for birth control. So if the federal government is paying for birth control through the Affordable Care Act, how is a state supposed to make it illegal? We got to vote on it. We're going to have a vote. Let's make a vote. We got to vote. Got to have a vote. Because Clarence Thomas wrote an opinion saying that maybe the Supreme Court should rethink how they reached their conclusion on birth control. So therefore, we have to have a vote right now about it. And so then we have... Now, let let me just be clear here. If a Republican were smart enough to stand up and say, excuse me, what part of the Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court on abortion do you not understand? What part of let the states through their elected representatives decide these things it's not the business of the courts or the federal government to decide what part of that do you not understand listen if if there's some state out there that decides that they want to criminalize birth control i'm thinking it'll be a pretty robust debate in that state oh but we can't have a A patchwork of laws on birth control from state to state. You cross one state line and you've got a different law for birth control than you do for another state for birth control. That would be awful. Oh, really? Hey, have you tried buying alcohol in different states these days? I live in Maryland right now. If I cross the Potomac and go to Virginia, I've got a whole different set of rules about buying a bottle of wine than I do in Maryland. Now, if I go out to California where i lived for decades before i moved out of here if i if i go hang out with my friend bruce on balboa peninsula in newport beach and we want to get a nice bottle of wine as we do we could go to the ralph's we could go to the grocery store there are some of you right now hearing my voice across this country who can't imagine going to a grocery store and getting vodka do you know why because your state has different laws for the accessibility of alcohol than another state might have. So so we're okay with states regulating the access and distribution of beer, but not for a birth control pill. Could you please be consistent here? But you know what? Listen, that would be a fine federalism Republican argument to make. But you don't even have to do that with this bill that they put forward. If I have to see one more Republican congressman explain their position on their no vote on this bill by saying, well, you see, it's one thing to prevent a sperm from fertilizing an egg. It's another thing to prevent the fertilized egg from implanting in the uterine wall. And it's a whole other thing to have it. It's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? No, honestly, I mean... you can barely explain why you're against masking and vaccine mandates. And now you're trying to explain to me the, the scientific nuances and moral and ethical positions that you've got on an implanted fertilized egg. Stop. 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 All you have to do is tell the American people what's actually in this bill. Yes, they called it the uh, what was it? The 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 right to contraception act. Well, this is what they do, isn't it? They called Obamacare the Affordable Care Act. How affordable is your health care? How affordable was your care right after this thing got passed and put into law? They'll they'll call things things that have nothing to do with what it is. Oh, they voted no on the Right to Contraception Act. No, they voted no on the Funding Planned Parenthood Act because that's what this bill does. If a state right now decided, especially after the Dobbs decision that throws out that travesty of jurisprudence Roe versus Wade, if a state decides, you know what, we have been funding Planned Parenthood for decades now, and now there is no, there never was, really, a constitutional right to abortion. And, and, and I don't understand why we're funding this organization that was founded by a racist eugenicist who wanted to literally abort black and brown babies in this country because she believed in a master race. That would be Margaret Sanger. Let's stop funding Planned Parenthood. And there's all this state money going to Planned Parenthood under the guise of birth control, you know, because I'm told that abortion is only 3% of what Planned Parenthood does. Have you seen how Planned Parenthood is now shutting down in some states because they can't do abortions? Why? What about all the 97% of other things that they do? I'm told abortion is only 3% of what Planned Parenthood does, but suddenly they have to shut down because they can't do that 3%. So these states are funding Planned Parenthood under the guise of contraception, but we know where that money's really going at Planned Parenthood. And let's say a state, let's say your state, through your elected representatives with your governor, decides, you know what, we're no longer going to fund Planned Parenthood under the guise of contraception. We're going to redirect that money to pregnancy crisis centers. Pregnancy crisis centers right now outnumber Planned Parenthood clinics in most states by 14 to 1. And these little mom-and-pop or religious-based organizations Nonprofits, profits pregnancy crisis centers they actually help pregnant women they actually help them with their choice, they help them with their options, they help give them care they help give them advice, they actually help them through their pregnancy, so a state is like, you know what, let's stop funding Planned Parenthood and let's divert that money to p- pregnancy crisis centers, that would be a wonderful thing, right well, not if this bill becomes law oh, that's right that's right. In this so-called Right to Contraception Act, there is a provision that says that you must guarantee funding to abortion businesses and prohibit the federal and state government from redirecting directing funding going to abortion clinics to then go to a health care provider. Does that sound like the, the Right to Contraception Act? Or does that sound like the Let's Make Sure We Keep Funding Abortions Act? Now, have you heard a Republican pundit on television telling you that? Have you heard a Republican uh, congressman or senator or political pundit on cable news tell you that the so-called Right to Contraception Act actually overrides the religious Freedom Restoration Act. Now, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act says that you can't be compelled to do anything that violates your fundamental religious beliefs. This is a a basic constitutional principle in this country. So let's say a Catholic school doesn't want to pay for contraception for their teachers through the health care plan. They should have the right to prohibit that in their health care plan because they are a Catholic school and it is against the Catholic religion To utilize contraception so that now i'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing i'm just saying that's their right to do that this so-called right to contraception act would override the religious right of an entity or organization to keep their employees to, to keep from having to fund their employees contraception that's in the bill is that not a legitimate reason to vote against it of course it is don't get into the weeds about what a birth control pill does and the fertilized egg and the semen and I don't want to I do not want to hear any politician tell me about semen ever argue against these things based on what's in front of you not based on the trap that Nancy Pelosi has set please but that's exactly what they did And that's why, sadly, I keep saying we're going to win in November. The only way we don't win in November is if Republicans do exactly what they always do. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin.
0: Mark Levin. You know, the American public is getting pinched right now. Stupid left-wing policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gasoline, which also raises the cost of your grocery bills, everything. Hard to depend on government, but one thing you can depend on is Pure Talk, because Pure Talk still gives you talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. No price increase there. I've told you before, I'm a customer. The 5G coverage, most reliable network in America, U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. So stop giving your money away to these behemoth corporatists, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, and subsidizing their causes. Switch to my guys, Pure Talk. With Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee, you won't regret this. So go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save 50% Off your first month, you can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin, L E V I N podcast. That's Levin Podcast.
3: Hey, Larry O'Connor, you get to fill in for Mark Levin this Friday. Make sure you talk about birth control. Said nobody ever. It's not about birth control. In the same way, January 6th and this Bannon trial is not about. January 6th in Bannon, it's about Trump and it's about Democrats trying to squash Republicans and their totalitarian zeal to have one-party rule. That's what this birth control law is. Not that birth control is not under threat. There's no, no one's trying to criminalize birth control. No state is infringing on anyone's ability to purchase birth control. Oh, but look at what happened with Dobbs. Okay, with Dobbs, you actually had states who were trying to regulate abortion, and thank God they did, and they pushed the issue so that we got Dobbs. There's nothing happening with birth control. This was not about birth control. This is about Nancy Pelosi trying to change the subject, and the Democrats trying to make Repo- And Republicans stepped into the trap. They stepped into the trap. Cam in Grayling, Michigan. Where's that on the mitten? Cam, you're first up here on the Mark Levin show. Oh,
4: Larry, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. You know, I'm Cam from Grayling. Used to be Cam from Catlin, Virginia. Oh, I know Cam at the from upper Catlett. Part of the mitten, absolutely yeah, if you all look right at cool. the upper part of the mitten It's right it's right there in the center just south all of right. gaylord nice but uh hey look before we get started i wanted to let you know my personal pronouns are sir your majesty and if you press one el jefe okay
3: <laughs> now uh, wait, Al Jefe, you you you've you've already made me laugh, and you've already taken me uh it it almost up to the break. So st- we're gonna put shadow hold because that's good, but I want to hear more from you. And I do remember Cam from Calvert, Virginia, for the last ten years, uh, but he's moved to Michigan there. But a, a good talk radio caller and listener. So we'll get to Cam in a moment. We'll get to more of your calls. This <laughs> LFA CAP 877 3811 There's so much more to talk about, including what does it really mean that Joe Biden has COVID? What should it mean for our public policies? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Spoiler alert. It's time to end every vaccine mandate. Joe Biden is living proof of that. Larry O'Connor, Mark Levin
0: You know, the American public is getting pinched right now. Stupid left-wing policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gasoline, which also raises the cost of your grocery bills, everything. Hard to depend on government, but one thing you can depend on is Pure Talk. Because Pure Talk still gives you talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. No price increase there. I've told you before, I'm a customer. The 5G coverage, most reliable network in America, U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. So stop giving your money away to these behemoth corporatists, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, and subsidizing their causes. Switch to my guys, Pure Talk, with Pure Talk's no-risk money-back guarantee. You won't regret this. So go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast. And you'll save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. That's Levin Podcast.
5: America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811.
3: Larry O'Connor in for the great one today. I am Larry O'Connor of WMAL in Washington, D.C., also a senior columnist at townhall.com and host of the upcoming television show O'Connor Tonight, debuting this fall on Salem News Channel. Download that app and sign up now so you don't miss... Any of it. Can't wait for that. All right. So we're talking about this, this political trap that Nancy Pelosi said, and sadly, too many Republicans stepped into uh, by actually arguing and debating, you know, birth control. It's not about birth control. Uh, First of all, the the law itself, the bill itself, has a bunch of provisions about ensuring funding for Planned Parenthood. It steps on the religious rights of organizations that don't want to pay for birth control. We've already had these fights. The Supreme Court has already affirmed that religious organizations don't have to pay for birth control for their employees. This this bill would supersede that and infringe on the uh, Religious Freedom Act. And various other things there's plenty of reasons to be against it not least of which to say let states decide this it's there's no state out there right now there's are you aware of any state that's trying to prohibit birth control for god's sake no but they went ahead and they 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 did the right thing and voted no on it but then they started going on television and giving floor speeches debating the nuances of birth control and and insemination and and I, i didn't want to hear that it's stupid Don't get caught up in that. Cam, jefe. El jefe is one of your three preferred pronouns. Cam and Grayling, continue, please, Cam. You're on the Mark Levin Show.
4: Oh, thanks, Larry. Look, I forgot. One of my other preferred pronouns was uh, queso grande. Queso grande, I don't speak Spanish, but I'm told that means the big cheese. Isn't that the big
3: cheese? The Big Cheese. All the Big right. Cheese,
4: right. The Big I, Cheese. I'm
3: translating. I I have a girlfriend. She's a, a big-bootied Latina, and she taught me that. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knew.
4: I got that, I got that nickname back some years <laughs> ago. But anyways, All right.
3: Get to the point. I digress. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yes, the point is, Nancy, Nancy, you're such a good Catholic. In the last time that I knew, and no, no offense, Larry, I know you're a Catholic as well. Yes. I have nothing against the Catholic Church, but... Uh, the Catholics were the ones who were pushing for um, you know against birth control back decades ago. Look, I've been on this planet for like 65 oh, years. And I and I've and I I've, and I've, and I've paid attention, you know, as I went along and I remember the fight being the Catholic Church against birth control. And I get it they they saw it, you know, as similar to abortion at some point. Yeah. But you know, oh, they still do. That—that's—that's still—that's
3: that's, that's still the—the that's still uh, the moral teaching of my church. And 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 again, I don't really want to get into the the morals and ethics of it. I mean, frankly, you know, I I think, well. I think birth control, especially oral birth control for women, um, is an unexplored uh, drug in many cases in terms of the effects that it has on women. I think that you're, they, there have been a lot of prohibitions into really exploring what those hormones do, especially for young girls who take it when they're they're still in their teens and such um, because it's so verboten. My advice is if you can stay off hormonal birth control the pill I think that young women should because I don't think it's great for your system and and there are really great natural ways of uh, keeping yourself from getting pregnant not least of which you know not having sex until you get married but I'm old-fashioned that way Cam, Uh,
4: I'm with you I'm with you Larry and our our daughter had some issues with uh, with some of those uh, drugs as well you know so um, you know I, I, you know what? I'd rather have somebody do. I'd rather have somebody uh, a practice a regimen of birth control, than than to have an abortion. I am I am mm. totally, I am totally. I hear of, that, Cam, and I
3: think that that's probably the consensus in this country, and it's another reason why most states aren't taking this issue up. That's why this was all a trap.
4: That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know what? You know what the best method of birth control is, Larry
3: what's that for young,
4: for young women and what? young men should participate in this as well take an aspirin and put it between your knees
3: and just hold it there thank you cam i, I appreciate it all right thank you cam I've not, I've not i don't want to encourage this kind of behavior uh let's get to jim in tampa florida jim bail me out you're next up on the Mark Levin Show.
1: Hey, yeah. You can call me, Jim. Actually, you can call me Your Majesty.
3: All right, uh, yes, Your Royal Highness, but okay, it, go ahead. <laughs> uh, all
1: right, Your Highness, that'll work too. Um, you know, you were spot on earlier, and uh, there's a couple of points if I may, but you are spot on yeah. earlier, because the whole purpose of this whole charade is not so much to convict Trump, but to keep him from being able to run again. Yeah. And they're not so much uh, afraid of, well, they are they're afraid of the effect that Trump had which was the the, the increase the morals of this country or the more uh, the, the um, you know the, the esteem of the of the citizens uh, I mean this was back in the day I was experiencing it back in the day of the beginning of the space program with mercury 7 and oh, wow. you know just the overall uh, <clears throat> Yeah, well, I'm up there. I remember that. Well,
3: days. the but the, the over the overall love of this country and the American triumphalism and American greatness, and the idea that we are the world's leader and we should continue to be the world's leader and our country is capable of anything—they—they're they, afraid of us f- believing that again, Jim. They're you—you you said it. They're afraid of the citizenry. It, it's not even about Trump. It's about everything they've always focused at Trump. Really, ultimately, is about us. It's about those of us who voted for and supported Trump.
1: What I really think it's about. Um, I believe wholeheartedly is that you have this wave. It's a global wave and they're trying to make this into a one world socialistic system. And Trump got in the way because the only way that they'll be able to succeed in that is by destroying the integrity of the United States of America.
3: Thank you, Jim. Tell Tampa we said, hi, Florida is god's country these days thank you for the call and thank for jumping in here um let you know brian disagrees brian thinks we can't leave birth control decisions to the states i i don't know what what why can't we do that brian what's what's what what is so special about birth control that we can't by the way are you aware of any state right now that's currently deciding that they want to prohibit contraception oh we don't have him all right i was very excited i like when people disagree um, all right, we'll get we'll get to Brian in a second who wants to disagree with me. Oh, by the way, I don't don't forget, we have to talk about the president having covid and why this is incredibly important. Not not necessarily. You know, I, I, I don't want the I don't want the president or anybody to suffer and be sick and, and not be well. I, I, I hope he recovers. Don't you? Of course, we hope he recovers. God, I mean, if anything, we hope oh, Brian dropped off. If anything, we want Biden to recover because we know who's waiting in the wings. I got to say, if if there was one smart move this guy made, it was picking Kamala Harris as his running mate because he knows very well that even his own party is terrified. But can we talk for a second about what this means to the rest of us that Joe Biden has contracted COVID-19? Joe Biden is double vaccinated. We know that. He is double boosted. I mean in fact, every time he gets a shot, he uh, is sitting in front of that that fake White House set that they've created for the fake presidency. He's wearing a mask, he's talking while he gets his shot on his on his pasty freckly little white-haired arm there and uh, and he, they make a big you know a nonstop television program around the president getting a shot or a booster. So he's been shot twice. he's been boosted twice. The man wears a mask to bed, for God's sake. We, we've we seen him wear a double mask walking on the south lawn to Marine Run alone with with no one near him, like within 100 yards of him, and he's still wearing the masks, right? Uh, the president of the United States, by definition, is inherently one of the most isolated and protected individuals on the planet, right? They, and And they know everyone who comes in close contact with this guy. They know exactly who they are, where they came from. I mean, for all I know, they still have testing protocols at the White House when people come in to visit him. We don't know, but he still got it. He still got it. And the reaction from the White House has been, "It's fine. It's no big deal. No worries. Nothing to, to worry about." And oh, by the way, how dare you even ask? You know, the reporters today were asking to talk to uh, his personal physician because they keep bringing Dr. Ja this this federal government health policy bureaucrat out there who's never examined Joe Biden to answer questions about the president's health. So today, listen to what happened today. Reporters, as in, why are we hearing from Kevin O'Connor, which is always jarring because my brother's name is Kevin O'Connor. I assure you, my brother is not Joe Biden's personal physician. Why are we hearing from Dr. O'Connor? Listen
1: to what why happened. We're we not today. hearing from Dr. O'Connor on this. I understand <laughs> that you've, you know, released statements from him, yeah. um, but yesterday we had a difficult time uh, comparing the description of the, the symptom progression from Dr. O'Connor's letter versus how you all laid it out in the briefing room and then dr Zhao, you did some interviews this morning but your last update from the president was at 10 o'clock the night before
4: well a a couple of hours ago, right at 11 o'clock, you got a detailed letter uh, from uh, Dr. O'Connor. You, we've, we've, we've given you two uh, detailed letters from Dr. O'Connor.
3: Do you remember how they had Ronnie Jackson up there uh, where they were hostile? They were yelling at him. They were arguing with him when he was the personal physician of Donald Trump. Uh, Ronnie Jackson, now a congressman from Texas, by the way. Uh, but do you remember that? Do you remember how they were arguing with him, fighting with him, debating with him, grilling him, where he would stand up there for hours talking about... Donald Trump's uh, uh, personal cognitive abilities. Oh, boy, I would love to hear about Joe Biden's cognitive abilities or lack thereof. Uh, and when Donald Trump had COVID, Ryan Jackson, because he's the personal physician. And, and now we're getting this. And by, this is a 79-year-old man. You know who's vulnerable to COVID-19 in this country? Who actually might have complications, who, who could face some very serious issues if they get COVID-19? Not your kid in summer, scam, summer camp who still has to wear a mask. Uh, n- not your 7-year-old who wants to go to school in classroom this fall and they're going to start demanding that they're vaccinated. You know, n- not even you probably if you're you're really in, uh, under 60 and you're healthy and active and you don't have any comorbidities, but not really you maybe you a little bit. But but you know who's really in danger? A 79-year-old guy. A 79-year-old guy with pre-existing conditions like asthma, and and here we get a written. You got a statement earlier from the doctor. No, you don't get to ask him any questions. You don't get to talk to him. It went not? Karine Jean Pierre. Karine Jean Pierre.
4: And you've heard directly from here from him. Uh, look, we we, we, have, we, we haven't heard, yes, you have. You've heard from the letter that is hearing directly from him. We're not.
3: You see that? She says you've heard right directly from him, and the reporter says no, we haven't. And he said you got a letter that is hearing directly from him. Do dire- you? Remember when things like this would be an attack on the First Amendment? Listen, listen to her. guy. The president says, no, we haven't heard directly from him because we would like to ask a question because that's what we do. Because there's some discrepancies here of what the letter says and what you guys have been saying about the symptoms and about what's going on and whether he has a fever and all this. Oh, you've heard. you got a letter. you will got a letter and you'll be happy about it and you'll shut your mouth. Is what Corinne Jean-Pierre says.
4: Playing telephone here, you're hearing directly uh, from the from the physician. Yes, it is. I mean, that's that is hearing directly uh, from in his words. In his words, you are hearing directly from uh, Dr. O'Connor as I read out. But I'm answering your colleague's question here, so give me the second to do that.
3: Thank- wow. Wow, boy, how things have changed. So you're told you're not allowed to ask any questions. You're told it doesn't matter. You're told, he, oh, he's 79, but he's doing fine. You're told that, that, yeah, sure, he got it. I guess it was inevitable, but he's in no danger. It's no big deal. He's working. You're not allowed to see him. You're not allowed to talk to him. You're not allowed to see the doctor or talk to the doctor. But just live your life. Deal with it. Everything's fine. No more questions. All right, so let me, let me just say, okay, have it your way. Have it your way. Uh, we, we will take your word for it. We'll, we'll believe you, Corinne Jean Pierre. We will believe Joe Biden's little, you know, proof of life video that he put out yesterday, saying, like, "I'm fine. Thanks for asking." If he's fine, if a seventy-nine-year-old man with a comorbidity who is protected who is vaccinated twice, who is double boosted, who is surrounded by security, who is isolated in the White House, who travels with an entourage of security, who is is handled and lives in a cocoon pretty much his entire life. If he contracted COVID-19, if he got it and he's fine, then what the hell are we doing here in this country? Why are we talking about maybe bringing back mask mandates in L.A.? Why are we talking about maybe prohibiting kids from going to class again this fall unless unless your precious little six-year-old gets an injection that they don't need? Why do people lose their jobs right now if they refuse to get vaccinated when clearly the, the only reason to have a vaccine mandate in a country as a public health policy or for a company to have a vaccine mandate as a private health policy is to keep people from spreading the disease, to keep people from contracting it and then spreading a communicable disease. That is the only logical reason to have a vaccine mandate. And guess what? This vaccine does not prevent you from getting it and it does not prevent you from spreading it. So there is no logical reason why a government, why our military and why our corporations should have vaccine mandates, why they should be firing people and why they should be refusing to hire people unless they get a vaccine that literally does not keep anyone from getting or spreading the vaccine. You know how I can prove that? Because the president got it. So I'm sorry that he got COVID-19. I'm glad he's feeling well. I'm glad he's feeling healthy. I'm glad he's in no danger. That only tells me that we all, as of now, as of today, should just get back to our lives. No more nothing. On COVID 19. No more mandates, no more masks, no more lockdowns, no more anything. Because if the most protected man in this country can catch it, even though he's double vaccinated and double boosted, and he's 79 years old, and he has a comorbidity like asthma and other pre existing conditions, and he's fine, then we're all gonna be fine. Leave us alone. Larry O'Connor in
0: for Mark Levin. You know, the American public is getting pinched right now. Stupid left-wing policies like shutting down the Keystone Pipeline have you paying way more than you should for gasoline which also raises the cost of your grocery bills, everything. Hard to depend on government, but one thing you can depend on is Pure Talk, because Pure Talk still gives you talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. No price increase there. I've told you before, I'm a customer. The 5G coverage, most reliable network in America, U.S. customer service, keeping jobs right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. So stop giving your money away to these behemoth corporatists, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, and subsidize their causes. Switch to my guys, Pure Talk, with Pure Talk's no risk money back guarantee. You won't regret this. So go to puretalk.com, select a plan, and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. That's Levin Podcast.
3: Larry Cutter sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin, today at eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Give us a call. Uh, we're uh, we're just closing things out here on our first two hours. We talked about this uh, kangaroo court of a committee led by Liz Cheney. I, I want to talk a little bit more about Liz Cheney. I know that Mark was speaking about her appearance at the Reagan Library. Um, I want to I want to drill down on that a little further because I I'm affiliated with Young America's Foundation. Um, I, I just actually did a, a big event with them up in Alaska. They're run by, uh, led by Governor Scott Walker, great, great guy, great American, great governor out of Wisconsin. The left hates him, so he's got to be a good guy. They run the Reagan Ranch right now, oversee the Reagan Ranch, the uh, Reagan Childhood Home. Um, I want to echo what Mark had said after this Liz Cheney appearance at the Reagan Library in Simi Valley. I say, and I know people who are were, who were at the library. I want to know why they made this decision to have her come there, whether they owed her or her dad a favor or something. Um, and, and I don't want to bash the Reagan Library. It's a beautiful place to go. But if you're looking for an organization or an entity that really does continue to carry the torch for Reaganism, for, for the kind of conservatism that you and I grew up with in the 80s with Ronald Reagan, uh, it's Young America's Foundation. And what they're doing with the Reagan Ranch in Santa Barbara and the Reagan Center in Santa Barbara, the Reagan Childhood Home, and what they're doing for our kids on college campuses fighting against the woke professors and giving them a voice and conservative ideas, a voice through Ben Shapiro and myself and Michael Knowles, Young America's Foundation, Scott Walker. They're the best
0: ever heard of data brokers. They're the middlemen collecting and selling your browsing history, online searches and location data. Then these data brokers sell your information to the Department of Homeland Security and the IRS, just to name a few. That's why I protect myself with Express VPN. Now, when you're connected to Express VPN, your IP address is hidden making it very, very difficult for data brokers to identify who you are. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of network traffic to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. That's why I have ExpressVPN app downloaded on all my devices. Phone, computers, even my home Wi-Fi router. All I do is tap one button and I'm protected. It's that easy. Folks, protect your privacy from data brokers right now. Visit expressvpn.com rewind and get three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash rewind. Vin at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEVIN. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. He's here.
1: He's here. Now, broadcasting from the Underground Command Post in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark
5: Levin.
3: It's Larry O'Connor sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. I am the radio host Mornings on WMAL in Washington, D.C. It's America's Morning Show. Even if you don't live in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, everywhere you can hear us on the uh, mighty 105.9 WMAL, you can listen to us online. Thank God Al Gore invented the Internet, right? That's why we did. You think Al Gore invented the Internet just so Bill Clinton could see porn? No, it's so you can listen to my show every morning from WMAL. Uh, I've also a senior columnist at Town Hall, and I announced this last hour. Very excited. Uh, if you're liking what you're hearing, uh, uh, follow me on social media so you can keep up to date. Because this fall, October first, I'll be debuting a brand new television show on the Salem News Channel, O'Connor Tonight, one-hour primetime show at 9 p.m. Uh, you can get that Salem News Channel uh, on your Roku, your Apple TV, your your tablet, your phone. You just get the app, Salem News Channel. Great programmer, already up there, and I'll be joining that team this fall. And don't worry, anyone who's listening in Washington on WMAL, I'm still going to do my morning show. I'm with you forever. You're never getting rid of me in DC. Uh, well, you know, unless I do something stupid and get fired. <laughs> so, anyway, that's me, and I'm in for Mark. And I, I wanted to, you and I. We're going to have a conversation about these midterms coming up in a bit. In fact, I'll go ahead and ask you now. Uh, you know, I have a theory that remember how Tip O'Neill used to say, "All politics is local." I think this year, more than ever, politics has become more local than ever before. All right. Now, I used to think that Tip O'Neill, this whole thing, all politics is local, it was really just his way of saying you got to uh, take as much uh, money and pork from federal government coffers and bring it back to your district and, you know, hand it out. And that's how people are going to keep collecting you. Right. Um, but it isn't that what what, it, what what all politics is local. It is true that all politics is local. What it means is that if you're running for office, you better talk about what people care about, what people care about in their hearts, in their souls. When, when Ronald Reagan was running for president in the 80s, people cared about fighting communism. They cared about the economy. They cared about inflation. Uh, they cared about the big government regulation. These are all very big ideas, but he was able to communicate in such a way that it mattered personally to each and every voter. They felt like Ronald Reagan was making those big issues personal issues. That, there's an art to that. There's an art to communicating ideas to make sure that everybody's on board with something so that that's a great way to make a, a major macro issue like national security and defeating the Soviet Union, making it a personal issue about your personal freedoms, about your personal safety, about your family's safety and security. Get it? You see? But this year, this year, all politics is local is so so hyper localized and and i'm wondering if this is happening wherever you are wherever you are in this great country as you're focusing on these midterm elections 877-381-3811 listen i know some people are going to be voting because they just want to send a message to biden or they want to stop biden they want to stop the democrats they want to get nancy pelosi out they've already done enough damage in two years at the very least you want to stop the hemorrhaging and you gotta have another party in the legislative branch to stop What the executive branch is doing Uh, now, that's listen, that's personal to you, but it's very much a macro national focus. And if that's it, if that's the reason, if that's what you're hearing from your friends and neighbors or what have you, I'd love to hear you. Tell me and tell everyone here on The Mark Levin Show at eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. But I have a hunch. I have a hunch coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, coming out of the lockdowns, coming out of our economy being shut down by governments. The virus and the pandemic did not stop our economy. It was governments who did it. The pandemic did not hurt your children and your grandchildren getting the education they deserve at the government-run schools. It was government who did it. And and actually, only certain governments did it. Certain states did it. and made your kids learn on a laptop in the kitchen instead of actually going to the classroom and getting the education that you're paying for and that we promised our children. Uh, anybody who's on the wrong side of that issue, they should be going down this fall. And I have a feeling people are voting based on what happened in their school boards. I have a feeling people are voting based on what happened at their county level and their city level. If their mayor had draconian rules or their county executives had draconian rules in COVID nineteen that screwed up your business and th- screwed up your community, when across the other side of the state you had different rules because they were had Republicans in charge. And you're fed up and you're done. And you're letting those things that affected you personally motivate your vote. If that's where you are, if that's what you're hearing. I mean, I'm hearing people here in the greater Washington area running for Congress. Candidates who are going to the House of Representatives and they're running on school board issues. Right? They're running on saying, you put me in Congress as your member of the House of Representatives to the federal government and i will start focusing on and investigating the teachers union and how they affected education funding and how that affected your school board and your state uh, board of education it doesn't get more personal than your kid's school and the school that you're paying property taxes for and i think that's a winning message i think if a person is running for congress right now and one of their agenda items one of their talking points one of their action items and issues is Our education system in this country is broken, and we just saw it, not just with how they reacted to COVID-19, with the CRT curriculum, with the transgender policies, with the teachers unions running the curriculum and these decisions. We've got the Department of Education under Joe Biden right now telling states that if they don't toe the line on transgender education pronoun policies and transgender policies, from the federal government that they will cut off school lunch money to their state they've they've threatened florida they have threatened florida with their school lunch money if florida refuses to do what the federal department of education tells them to do on transgender policies you're running for congress you better tell your voters send my butt to capitol hill And I will begin, day one, investigating the Department of Education and towing them back in line. Congress controls that money, not the Department of Education. Are you hearing that? Do you have any of your local politicians running for office focusing on these issues? Do you want them to? I'd love to hear from you at 877-381-3811. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one. Boy, I mean, you talk, you talk vaccination policies, COVID policies, and what it means to you personally. I want to hear from Fred in Huntsville, Alabama, because uh, what you told Mister Call Screener is unbelievable. What, what's going on there, Fred, with these vaccine mandates?
2: Uh, yes, sir. My, I uh, I've been in the Army for for twenty years now, and generally speaking, even when I don't necessarily agree with Army policies, I just kind of bite my lip, and it's like it kind of goes along with the job however my uh, salute smartly and
3: charge up the hill as uh, colonel ollie used to say (laughs) and uh my oldest
2: son decided to follow in my footsteps if you will and he enlisted and is actually currently attending basic training and it's like something i'm beyond super proud of and I've been thinking about the day of going to watch his transition from civilian to soldier at his uh, graduation ceremony for a long time now, and yeah. it's just an event that I can't wait to see and welcome him to the uh, Brotherhood. With that being said, his, uh, his unit, which I'm, I'm not going to name units or anything like that, I'm not trying to get any, like that's not the point of this, it's just been eating at me, but his unit sent home a information packet for families. Uh, for them to review and know when dates and everything like that were. And one of the notes that was in this information package stated that if the trainee was not vaccinated, then the family would be prohibited from attending the graduation ceremony. Now, What? It's, it's, it's a moot point for me. Yeah. It, like, my son's vaccinated. He made the decision to get vaccinated before he ever shipped to training. That's what he decided. You know, high yeah. five, drive on, buddy.
3: But, but they the, want to punish the parents?
2: Right. Well, to, from my perspective, what it looks like is a bullying tactic that they're telling these young, naive privates. They, they've been in the Army for 15 seconds now. They don't know any better. But they're saying, hey, you're not going to get to see your family if you don't go ahead and take this shot. That's just my perspective. I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody else or any other organization. But... Yeah, they're 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 saying that if the soldier's wow. not vaccinated, the family can't attend and I don't understand how that makes any sense um, it makes no sense scientifically.
3: Well, not... Like what what dude if i can i mean sadly fred none of it makes sense as i just said the president of the united states who is double vaccinated double boosted wears double mass when he's walking alone in the wilderness he's he's protected at all times he the control of who gets to be in close contact with him is is more than any other person on the planet and he just caught it he's 79 years old he has a comorbidity and we're told by the white house that it's no big deal he's going to be just fine Clearly, the vaccines didn't stop him from getting the virus or spreading the virus. So none of it makes sense. Certainly not keeping the parents of somebody from going to a military graduation because the kid is not vaccinated. Fred, it's all about control. It's all about these are people in power who are abusing their power. And a great family like yours, you've given decades of service to this country and you've put your life on the line. And and your well, not you personally because you said it doesn't affect you, but it's unbelievable that they're they're punishing people like this. This this is why they need to lose. They need to get out of power immediately.
2: Yeah, I'm, I I don't want to speak too politically. I understand it's a political show, and I listen to you guys all the time, but I'm still in the military, so I don't. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't you, uh, risk uh, UCMJ here.
3: Thank you for your service. Thank you for continuing. The legacy with your child. I I did not serve, but I know just how you feel. My daughter is starting her fourth year at the uh, Naval Academy in Annapolis, and uh, I, I get chills just thinking about going to her graduation and her commissioning. So uh, I'm I'm with you in spirit, Fred. And uh, don't don't let these horrible decisions being uh, made by this Pentagon. Don't let it even for a moment take away your incredible pride in your kid. What I I just. Seriously, I, I start to get choked up when I hear what you're doing there with your son, and when I, I know how many other families are like yours. You're what makes this country happen, man. Thank you so much, Roger. Yeah, have a good day, sir. You too. See, that's that's so. Whoever's running in Fred's district in Huntsville, Alabama, I'm assuming it's already a Republican representative. But see, see, Fred's story is why we need to kick Nancy Pelosi out of Congress. This is. And 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 politicians who are running for office right now, if they're not talking about what the Democrats did to us during COVID nineteen, not what the pandemic did, now but I mean, well, they should talk about what China did, and they should be promising investigations of the Communist Party in Beijing and what they knew and what we knew they knew about COVID nineteen. Can you believe has has anything affected this country more dramatically and more devastatingly than this COVID nineteen pandemic in your memory? And and this Congress still has not had one investigative committee into the origins of the virus and what what our government knew about it and why our government made the decisions they made. Oh, they're they're pulling out all the stops on January 6th, but they haven't had one real investigation about COVID-19 yet. If your your candidates in your district aren't knocking on your door saying, send me to Washington and I will get to the bottom of this, I'm going to find out what happened. And why you're prohibited from living your life and exercising your rights and your freedoms in this country? Because of horrible, misguided, unscientific, totalitarian, unconstitutional decisions made by the other party. If they're not doing that, they don't deserve your vote at this point. What the hell is going on? Are you hearing that? I'm seeing it. Even in Washington in Northern Virginia and Maryland, where we've got some competitive districts, actually. And Republicans have a chance of gaining some seats back. They're making this the issue. And I have a hunch they're doing it in your district, too. What are people running on right now? What is the political message that you're hearing? What do you want to hear? Because all we hear from cable news right now when they talk about the midterm elections, you see these graphs. They treat it like a sporting event. They treat it like the Super Bowl. This team, that team, this team. This is about you. This is about you, your vote, and what you need. And I, for one, I want to hear from you. Give us a call, will you? It's 877 381 I'm Larry O'Connor, in for the great one, Mark Levin.
2: Mark Levin.
3: in for the great one, Mark Levin. I'm asking you, what matters to you? What are you hearing from your elected officials? Are they are they making politics local for you? Even if they're running for Congress, even if they're running for Senate, are they talking about what you're ticked off about right now? What are you hearing? Uh, let's go to Bruce in York, Pennsylvania. Hey, Bruce, you're next up here. I'm Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin.
5: Hi. Um... I'm almost in tears. Um, so you asked about teachers, okay,
3: mm-hmm.
5: and teaching and, and all that, and if they can teach stuff in um, schools and, you well,
3: know. Well, all... to be specific, I, I talked about the teachers' union, which I I like to draw it. The teachers' union is not the same as teachers. Um, okay. the, te- the teachers' union and the leader, the national leadership of the teachers' union, I think, uh, exercised unbelievable power and influence over school boards and uh, state and federal uh, elected officials, and and kept schools closed during the pandemic when they could. And I think that it's harmed our children.
5: Well, anyhow, you you think about what this case is. This was in the Epic Times on Wednesday. It occurred in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, not far from York, about twenty-five miles away. So this teacher. Um, <clears throat> She taught for 20 years in a school district there, right outside of Harrisburg, and she was fired because she asked the kids that weren't standing why they weren't standing for the Pledge of Allegiance, just for asking them. And they they did not give her a warning or anything, and the kids posted the nastiest videos on TikTok and everything that they're going to kill this teacher, it's like bizarre because they knew they would get away with it. And they, the authorities of the school district saw that and fired her on the spot. No warning, no written notice, no verbal notice, nothing. She is hiring a law firm and me and my girlfriend and other people are giving donations. She has a GoFundMe page and everything to All fight right. this to get her job uh, back.
3: only. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't sound right. Listen, Bruce, it I, I ticks me off, and I'm going to research the story. And I appreciate you uh, sharing it with us. It's a little off topic, but I but it's an infuriating story. And yeah, listen, school administrators and school boards, for the most part, they're pretty spineless. And uh, and we saw them because they wouldn't stand up to the teachers' union and keeping kids at home instead of opening up schools during the pandemic. And we see it at stuff like this. They'll 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 crumble and they'll bow to the mob. And uh, and it sounds like the teacher has a case. She should talk to some of the great organizations that represent teachers for freedom of liberty, freedom of speech. Americans Defending Freedom is one of them. They're great. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate the call. Hey, uh, coming up, a little bit more on this embarrassment that we have in the White House. Our country is so great. We deserve a great president. And boy, we don't have one right now. Not close to it. And I'll uh, share it with you, uh, his little story about growing up with oil refineries near his homes. Uh, you're going to want to hear this.
5: than allowed by law. The Mark Levin Show. Call now at
3: 877-381-3811. Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin here on this Friday evening. Uh, Broadcasting live here from the nation's capital. Technically, I'm in Annapolis, a a suburb of the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Mark will be back on Monday. He's not not ill or anything. Did did Mark, uh, Mr. Uh, Call Screener, uh, Mr. Uh, Substitute Producer... yeah, did did he announce on the air, though, what he was doing? I don't want to speak out of turn. Yeah, he's down uh, doing an event with uh, Governor Mark DeSantis in a debate, moderating and uh, uh, keeping this country free down in Florida. And uh, and my friend Kurt Schlichter is down in Florida, too. All, everybody's in Florida, but I get to host the Mark Levin Show, so I actually win out. Uh, so I'm happy to be here, and I'm glad that you are here as well on this beautiful Friday, this summer Friday, 877 381 I want you to listen to this. You know, a lot of people... <clears throat> A lot of people uh, focused on uh, President Biden's remarks up in Massachusetts as he uh, made his emergency climate change declaration. And they were focusing on this this slip up where he said that he has cancer. Right. But we'll get to that in a minute. He, he doesn't have cancer, by the way. But. Uh, I do love the fact White White House, to, you know, you're in trouble when the White House to, has to walk back so much stuff from the president where they, they're already, you know, no, the president doesn't have cancer. No, he didn't mean to say that he has cancer. He doesn't have cancer. And then the only way they could get that off the headlines was, but he does have COVID. It's like, oh my God, everyone's still talking about how Biden said he has cancer. Well, we got to change the subject. We got to, oh, I've got it here. He's got COVID. There. Happy now? That's how bad it is. God, I love this country. We deserve a better president. Can I, is, is it okay? Can, can we say that? We deserve a better president. Uh, so, so he declared this climate emergency. And in, in, in during the climate emergency, he said this line. He, I'm reading this verbatim. 100 million Americans are suffering from extreme heat. What? What does that even mean? Uh, so a third of our nation... What are we at, 380 million now? Okay, so let's let's say 27% of our country. 28%. 100 million Americans suffering from extreme heat. What is that? Suffering from extreme heat. Which I, I'm pretty sure that means it's the middle of July and there's a heat wave. Because, well, summer. You know, we are. I think here in the Washington area we might hit 99 degrees on Sunday. I do a morning show, so I'm very in tune with the weather. You know, every 10 minutes. We give you traffic and weather. This is what we do on a morning show. And uh, and we were saying, yeah, it's going to be, we're going to hit 99, maybe 100, which will be the hottest day in Washington in six years. Okay? So, in other words, and, and, and before that, we'd certainly hit 100 in July, you know, in other days. The point is, this is a thing that happens. When I was a kid living in Detroit, it would hit 100 degrees sometimes. When I lived in Southern California... After I lived in Detroit, we would sometimes get to 100 degrees. If you live in Arizona, it gets to 100 degrees all the time. It's summer. But no, it's a climate emergency. So so here's how Joe Biden made his climate emergency. He left the White House, hopped on a helicopter, flew on a helicopter About six miles to Joint Base Andrews got off the helicopter, got on a 747, flew that giant 747 with an escort, by the way, a few hundred miles up the coast of Massachusetts. Then he got off Air Force One. He boarded an armor laden internal combustion vehicle and then drove in a large motorcade to an old converted coal plant so he could give a televised campaign style event announcing his executive actions on this climate emergency he wanted to make sure he had a nice backdrop. So, you know, what's a few carbon emissions between friends? <laughs> that, is, that is what a hell of a giant carbon footprint he dragged up and down the eastern seaboard so that he could announce that he'd execute extra constitutional authority that will probably get thrown out of court. Meanwhile, his transportation secretary and his uh, Canadian energy secretary trying to force you into a crappy little Chevy Volt because you're being too irresponsible with your energy use, because you own a Jeep Wrangler, and and they'll have none of that. Oh, no, that's that little elf of a transportation secretary. He wants you in his Chevy Volt. I don't care. Whatever. I've seen this before. In fact, I don't even like arguing. Oh, he's burning all this carbon because you're buying into the notion that there's a problem burning carbon. I'm sorry. I'm not even. I'm not even buying that. But, but if you use their rules, if we play by their rules, he has no business flying up to Massachusetts to make the announcement, right? But now I want you to listen to this. I'm sure you've seen the clip of him talking about how he got oil cancer as a kid because of the oil slicks. Uh, now, I want to I uh, commend my uh, colleagues over at Town Hall, the video team there, um, because they they found this great video of Joe Biden. Uh, he gave his speech this week about the uh, the oil slick on his car when he was a kid and how it gave him cancer. And uh, the great team over at Town Hall, uh, led by Kevin McMahon, who does all of our great video work there, uh, he, he like heard that and said, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. And, and oh boy, did it sound familiar. Here, this is Joe Biden on Earth Day, which is April 20th. On Earth Day, he told this story.
6: And I, we, I, when I went to a small little school that was about uh, a mile from the apartment complex we lived in, and a little school called Holy Rosary. And I, you couldn't walk to school because although it was a four-lane access highway, it was just too dangerous to cross some of the streets. And my mother would get in. The, and when it came spring, I mean, it came in the fall. <laughs> this is the God's truth.
3: Uh, real fast. I, I'm, I'm going to let you finish, Joe. Just so you know, I, I've, I've, it's my job. I'm sorry, but i got to look at video of this guy all the time. And I've, I've picked up, you pick up little poker tells from people, right? If you're playing poker, you know, some people have a tell. Here's Joe Biden's tell. Every time he says something like, this is the God's honest truth, or I'm not joking, or I'm serious, or this is Every time he says that, guess what? It's a lie. Every time he says that, it's a big pile of crap. What he's telling you. So there, so there he goes. He's telling you this is the God's honest truth, okay? All right, here he goes. I'll, I'm going to let him finish now with his God's honest truth.
6: And you get in the car, and there's a little frost on the window, turn on the windshield wiper, there'd be an oil slick. Not a joke. Not a joke. I have asthma, and 80% of the people who, in fact, we grew up with have asthma.
3: All right, so that's the story. He told that in April, okay? Did you get the fine points of the story? All right, let's see. Uh, Four-lane highway... Uh, for access. Mom drove to school because of the danger of the four-lane highway. Holy Rosary Elementary. Uh, uh, every fall, you'd turn on the windshield wipers and you'd have an oil slick, and that's why he and 80% of the people who grew up with have asthma. Got it? It was oil-induced asthma just three and a half months ago. Oil-induced asthma, Holy Rosary Elementary, four-lane highway, mom drives, fall time windshield wipers all right now here's that same guy this week in massachusetts this is a separate event a separate day months apart in a different state here's what he had to say
6: i just an apartment complex when we moved to delaware and just up the road a little school i went to holy rosary grade school and because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost—you know what was happening? You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up with have
3: cancer. All right, so. <laughs> God, this is so good. So. So he tells the story three and a half months ago on Earth Day to talk about how the oil slick in the refinery in Delaware that created an oil slick on the car that his mom would have to use with the windshield wipers driving to school in fall, although this time it was the first frost. Uh, that's why he had asthma four months ago. This time it's cancer. The asthma has progressed, it, is, it has metastasized. The asthma somehow has now become malignant. I, don't, I never knew that could happen, actually. But you learn something every day. I don't want to be anti science. I just, so that's what it Can you, I mean, I just watch one more time, I want you to hear these back-to-back because it is so stunning what the media in this country lets this loser get away with. I'm sorry, it brings me no joy to call the President of the United States a loser. The man is a loser. For 50 years, he's never had a real job. He has nothing to show for 50 years in public office. He's been a senator, he's been a vice president, he's been a president. Can you tell me one accomplishment that says, oh, this great thing in this country wouldn't have happened if it weren't Joe Biden? Anything? He's had one driving principle and value his entire career, and that is his own advancement. And, oh, you know, advancement of his family members who go out there and make the money for him while he holds office. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's the definition of a loser. Oh, sure. You know, he, he, he won an election, I guess, and he holds an office. But as a, as a human being, not my favorite guy. Oh, no, I know, I know. Oh, Joe's really a nice guy. Joe's a good guy. Oh, Joe's really likable. Good old likable Joe. Really? Ask Clarence Thomas and his family how likable he is. Ask Robert Bork and his family how nice a guy Joe Biden is. Spare me that. All right, so I want you to hear these back-to-back. Again, the first clip from April.
6: And I, we, I when I went to a small little school, that was about... Uh a mile from the apartment complex we lived in, and a little school called Holy Rosary. And I, you couldn't walk to school because although it was a four-lane access highway, it was just too dangerous to cross some of the streets. And my mother would get in the, and when it came spring, I mean, it came in the fall, <laughs> this is the God's truth. And you'd get in the car, and there's a little frost on the window, turn on the windshield wiper, there'd be an oil slick, not a joke. I have asthma and 80% of the people who, in fact, we grew up with have asthma.
3: All right. Now that, and now, now this is this
6: complex week. We moved to Delaware and just up the road a little school I went to, Holy Rosary grade school. And because it was a four lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening? It had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up with have cancer.
3: All right, so there you go. I'm, I'm still waiting to hear the scientific explanation as uh, how the oil slick gives you asthma, or for that matter, the oil slick gives you cancer, all right? Um, and, and I think it's just remarkable to hear him tell the exact same story the exact same way. It's like, listen, he's a politician, so he's memorized a couple of anecdotes, like corn pop, right? And he'll just repeat them. And yes, obviously, this is fun to play him back to back and laugh at the guy. I mean, it's amazing to me the Saturday Night Live and the late night comedy shows and they, you know, they can't they can't find anything about Joe Biden to make fun of. Really? Really? Because I could I could do a five hour comedy show making fun of Joe Biden on a daily basis and have new material. But yes, yes. OK, he's a doddering fool. I'm not breaking new ground here. And yes, he lies or oh, no, no, wait, no. The New York Times. Did you see this? This is over the weekend from the New York Times. They, they they said this about him. He doesn't lie. The New York Times said this. I'm quoting the New York Times here. Joe Biden is by nature a storyteller with a penchant for embellishment. Oh, my goodness. It's good to be a Democrat, isn't it? So how many headlines? How many? Chirons on cable news Trump says without evidence Trump lies Trump lies Trump bald-faced lie Trump did a Trump says without Trump claims Trump cl- right Joe Biden Joe Biden doesn't lie Joe Biden doesn't say thing without evidence no 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 according to the New York Times Joe Biden is by nature a storyteller with a penchant for embellishment all right so yes yes he's a liar storyteller he's a doddering fool we know all that Look beyond for a moment the obvious story about the B.S. here and the oil slick on the car in the windshield. and Notice, more importantly, what he's done here. Why, why does this story? He goes up for this climate emergency because it's hot, because it's July. Right. But he goes up, he declares a climate emergency. He's going to enact all of these executive actions. And he said because Congress refuses to move. First of all, last I checked, his party's in charge of Congress. So if you has got an argument, it's with Chuckie Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. But but set that aside for a moment. He says, I've got to go up and do, do these things, and I'm going to make the announcement in Massachusetts, and I'm going to spend all this carbon to get up there, and I'm going to make the announcement, and I'm going to tell this story about being a kid, and I've got to do these things because Congress refuses to act. Okay, so right there, that's a recipe. For disaster in a constitutional republic, because when the executive branch says, well, the legislative branch isn't doing what they're supposed to do. So I'm just going to unilaterally do it. That's going to get thrown out. It's not going to happen. And it's a constitutional crisis. I mean, listen, I know presidents do that. Just don't tell me you're doing it. okay? that that, because now you're insulting me. But let's look beyond all of that. This little story about how he got asthma or cancer or whatever it was because of the oil refinery, it actually unwittingly exposes the real truth that's going on here. I'm going to tell you what that is in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. It's Larry O'Connor, in for Mark Levin. Mark
2: Levin.
6: just an apartment complex when we moved to Delaware and just up the road a little school I went to Holy Rosary grade school and because it was a four lane highway that was accessible my mother drove us and rather than us be able to walk and guess what the first frost you know what was happening you had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window literally that's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer
3: of course, we know he doesn't have cancer, and of course, we don't know if there's even such a thing as oil cancer or slick cancer. What do you mean, literally? Is there is there a figurative way of saying that too? I don't know. All right, but of course, that's not the important thing. Here's what here's what this really reveals. What he inadvertently revealed. The whole pro. Remember the whole purpose of this thing, the speech and these executive actions and the trip up to Massachusetts with the backdrop and the, all that. It was about. How hot it is it was about so-called climate change so-called global warming right it was a it was supposed to be about climate change which allegedly is caused by carbon emissions released when oil gas or coal is is combusted into little invisible carbon dioxide molecules in the atmosphere right that's that's the theory that's what causes all this warming the climate emergency so-called has nothing to do with joe biden's claim that oil refineries cause cancer In his childhood home it has nothing to do with the imaginary oil slicks on his mom's windshield has nothing to do with the alleged asthma that he got because of it either why is he telling us these stories because biden is so ham-handed he's such a fool that all of his inner programming tells him hey jack this is an environmental issue so let's sell it hard baby and he immediately just pulls up the entire catalog of memorized anecdotes that probably aren't true that he's told us over the last 50 years just so he could bash the oil industry and then get votes that's what he does he was giving speeches like this back in the 70s when oil and gas exploration was causing the coming ice age it's the same old demons that they that have to be destroyed it's just the dire emergencies that have changed so so here, what does he do? He comes up and he tells these stories that have nothing to do with so-called climate change. Then the week before he goes to Saudi Arabia hat in hand asking them to drill more oil. Imagine if he had stayed here and talked to American oil companies and gotten them to drill more oil instead of demonizing them. But you see, it has nothing to do with oil either. It has to do with their hatred of your independence and American energy and our freedoms. Vote, please. Fix this. You can do it. Clary O'Connor, thanks for listening.